Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast. Brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. Do you remember New Coke? Well, it's coming back, and we'll tell you why. Also, should you start prepping your kid for a career as early as the age of five? It is Wednesday, the 22nd of May of 2019. We're Jeff and Jen, and here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Before we get to those stories, this is one of those stories that's going to mess with your head. It's going to make you want to wash your hands at least 100 times a day. Researchers swabbed a bunch of different surfaces in the city of New York. They wanted to see how much bacteria was actually on these surfaces. So they swabbed coins, cash, credit cards, you know, things we handle every day without even thinking about the germs. Mm -hmm. And uh, here are the rankings of all these filthy things based on the average bacteria on their surface. And I'll start with number eight, a subway pole. That was at the bottom of the list. Coins were, uh, were came in at number seven. Just because they're at the bottom of the list doesn't mean they're not disgusting. Right. There's I'm, just other things that are more disgusting. I'm just working my way up to the more disgusting ones. Okay. Uh, cash surprised me at number six. I would have expected that to be higher. A public bathroom was number five. Probably would have, you know, conventional God, wisdom would lead you to believe that that would be higher Can't as well. I believe there's something more disgusting than that. Yeah. Especially in New York. Uh, <laughs> right? A credit card had more bacteria than the public bathroom they tested. Huh. Uh, a parking meter, a park bench. And number one, they just happened to swab a door handle at a McDonald's in New York City, and that had more bacteria, and probably more people touching it more oh, often than any other was surface number in the one. City. Wow. That oh, came man. in at number one for what it's worth. Pack the sanitizer. But if this is the kind of thing that you don't think about very often, just imagine what your immune system can handle, right? Right. Now, I know kids grow up fast, but is this too fast? Have parents kind of lost their mind? Or is this level of planning a good thing? New survey asked 2,000 parents what the ideal age is for their kids to start preparing for their future career. And I was surprised to read their average answer was five and a half years My old. God. <laughs> five and a half. How do you do five? Not even close. That's like Tiger Woods' parents, right? You know, I would say the only way that you could do that is if you have some sort of child prodigy. I was going to say you the know, same if thing. If you have someone yeah. that's a kid that can play Mozart just from hearing it once or something like that, well, then maybe, yeah. But even that, you don't want to put pressure on a five-year-old that this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Our okay. children are more capable of retaining and absorbing information than we are, and yet we insist on treating them like adorable little morons. Patty, which one of these is the square root of 8,649? 93. 93. That was from Parenthood, wasn't <laughs> that it? Was. That was Rick Moranis. Yes, yeah. I teaching remember his, that. Teaching his little kid complex math. <laughs> but Ellen has those kids on her show all the time that can just tell you like every detail about the presidents. Like, yeah. no matter what, if you said, who was president in 1845, there's like a little kid, I don't know his name, but he can come on and tell knows you them all. who it is and what his favorite things were and who he was married to. And, and like, kids like that are what, one in 50,000? Oh, <laughs> if even. <laughs> if that. Yeah. 
Yeah, what I find fascinating is parents, the majority of parents, thought the ideal age for their kids to start preparing for their future career was five and a half years old. 56% of those parents said they already have a career in mind for their kid. That is so sad. Yeah. I'm with you. I have no idea. I mean, I just had a meeting yesterday about Jacob's summer camp and the two lovely ladies that we were meeting with because he got to choose what he wanted to do. He's 17. He'll be 18 in September. And he get to choose. Does he want to do drama, art, yes. music, oh, or dance? He could <laughs> dance. do any four of those. And I totally thought that he would choose music. He wants to do drama. I love I'm it. like, cool. I'm so how do we take, you know, what he, what he wants to do with drama and work towards some of the goals that we want? And, you know, he still has... Clarity of speech is an issue, so we're coming up with all of these different ideas. And they asked us, they just like, what kind of you know, job ideas do you? Always feel confident on your second date with help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at five one three seven nine one forty four forty or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Have, you know, what do you think that he, and I'm like, no clue. Yeah. No idea. I don't know. I mean, and I won't know until he's done with school. I mean, how can I guess now what he's going to want four years from now? Yeah, for like, sure. We're, we're going to find something that really, really makes him happy and that he loves and enjoys. Mm. But we're four years out from like well, and what, working, working. What and jobs can be know? created within four years that he might want to do Who as knows? well? Exactly. We yeah. have no idea. So at five years old, that's Looney Tunes. Well, a lot of parents... <laughs> are hoping their kids end up in one of five fields. They're hoping for science, technology, engineering, the arts, or mathematics. But I suspect the science and the technology and the engineering because, you know, they feel those are more, that's where it's headed, more secure future. Kids will be able to take care of themselves. I am glad that arts is one of their options, at least, because I feel like that gets ignored so much. And there's just so much in the arts and in what we teach our kids about life. Yeah. In art and music and dance and drama. So now I was kind of an exception to the rule because, you know, my you mother always prodigy on your own. Right. My, my mother always <laughs> knew I was going to do something behind a microphone because I used to walk away, walk around with a hairbrush or a pencil or anything that remotely resembled a microphone. And I would talk into it. And what I would, would you often talk about oh, I would anything. Just, I would mimic what I heard on the radio. Uh, so if there was a radio on in the background and there was a guy giving a traffic report, I'd be this little kid walking around and spouting off interstates. Well, I got to back up on I ninety five as you're heading inbound to the Tobin Bridge. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Southeast Expressway is looking good this morning. How old were you? Five. Oh, younger than that. Wow. Uh, it's so funny. I like your ability to be able to retain information, though, at that age. That's pretty incredible. Well, you know, and this is this is where I kind of side with parents. It's like you may not know what your kid 
is going to do or wants to do or, or what you're hoping they'll do. But these are probably good skills to have regardless of what they do. The top job skills most parents want their kids to learn as soon as possible are written and oral communication because that just that applies to everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Followed by computer literacy because we use computers in everything we do, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Followed by mathematics. I, unfortunately, did not have that aptitude. Me neither. Money management. I did not have that aptitude. <laughs> but Still I don't think quite questionable. But sadly, they don't they don't really teach that in school. I took a class called business math and it was supposed to teach you all of these like so did I. And it was the biggest crock of six months of crap that I've ever That was taken. the easiest math class I think I ever took yes, was, was business math. Taught by the football coach's assistant who also like did discipline and drove a LeBaron convertible and like he just collected his paycheck. Like, it was a bad class. I got nothing out of it. That must have been a national curriculum because I had the same exact experience. <laughs> Didn't you guys have like we had and it was and this is the sad part about it is is I think it was only like half of a a year so it was like a semester, semester. of lifestyles or life mm. skills. I think ours I was called adult living. Yes, and they did do like a part of that was like budget. And, but it was only like part of the curriculum for, I don't know, two weeks or something like that, where you had to like look and see what did you spend money on or what were your parents spending money on. But it was only like half of a half of a semester in my in that class that, that was adult living. We got to plan our wedding. Yeah, that was one of the projects in the class. But we, you, but yeah. we spent a whole year figuring out how to add up the corners of a triangle. Yes. It should be. I'm, I don't know if it's longer now. Like, do they even do lifestyle or life skills class anymore? Well, so. I will tell you that when I was growing up, it was it was still very gender divided. Like, girls must take home ec and guys must take shop. Yeah. And if one opted, because you could take the other if you wanted to take home ec, there was no rule that said you couldn't. Oh, but it you w- got picked on. It was not socially <laughs> acceptable for a boy to take a home ec right. class. Or a girl to be in a shop class. And the shop class consisted of woodworking, uh, welding, and it was pretty well equipped. And so was the home ec class. It had kitchens, taught cooking, cooking. sewing. Well, I was a little nervous for girls to want to take shop at my school because the shop teacher was missing two fingers. Oh, no. And so it's like, do you really (laughs) trust a guy to teach you shop if he's already lost a couple fingers in the move? Safety first. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, come over here, camera to make a bird feeder. Get out over here, man. So, there you go. Parents are thinking five and a half. Get them started young. Encourage them to learn all sorts of things. Well, and pay attention to what they really love. And find out what they're good at. Yeah. Well, what you're good at isn't always what you love. But I'll talk, like, I have a two-year-old, and I think, I mean, she's just learning so so much. Taking it so all in. fast. I mean, the only thing she super excels at right now would be like playing with babies. That's that's it. Dancing. If even that. <laughs> like, she likes music and stuff, but it's not, nothing is like, that's her go-to. Mm-hmm. And so by five, I mean, if, of all the things she's going to be learning, is she going to be really honing in on one thing at five? It will be quite the adventure to see, won't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd love to speak a foreign language, but I struggled in Spanish. 
I thought between Spanish and French, that would be the easier of the two. See? See, see. All right. Um, so Hidden Valley Ranch has just launched a new line of summer products, including pool floats, <laughs> beach towels, and bathing suits. That's hilarious. Can you imagine... A Didn't swimsuit a with a swimsuit. with a picture of a ranch dressing bottle on it. I wonder if that's what it looks like, or if Hopefully it's just like a creamy two. colored one. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, think about it. There have been Corona bathing suits forever, and aren't there Budweiser? some tequila yeah. ones and Budweiser? Yeah. I'm just envisioning a woman wearing a one piece bathing suit, a white one piece bathing suit with a bottle of Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> the slogan: I put ranch on my ranch. <laughs> But if you're interested, you can buy this stuff. They're selling it at the Hidden Valley website. It's not mm-hmm. really like that. I looked it up a little earlier, and it's just like um like the Baywatch bathing suit that was all red. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, but it's green and just says, I put ranch on my ranch. There on you go. It. Yeah. And the pool float is an actual um, dress, bottle. dressing bottle. Nice. Yeah. And then I think there are some men's shorts, and the men's shorts just have like their white trunks with the little bottles of ranch on there, and then it's lined in, like, blue and green. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Did you put a link up? So I did. I'm actually want... posting it on our Q&A2 page a little bit later right. this morning. So you'll be able to check it out. And in addition to that, it's also in the article that I'm putting up is a um, Cracker Barrel fried chicken float. Mm. So that's another hot summer nice. trend. <laughs> I'm putting out a little veggie plate. Tonight, Kristen's coming over, and I got Hidden Valley Ranch on standby, ready Love to go. Look at you. Yeah. That's Jeff's charcuterie. I, did. <laughs> I bought fresh celery, Yum. cleaned it, chopped it up, made it look all pretty. I got uh, sugar snap peas. Yep. Which is just, that really is like the candy of the vegetable world, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I like to make my own ranch out of the packet and the sour cream. Like, that, to me, is better with the vegetable oh, than, than out of the bottle. The bottle. Right. <laughs> hmm. I'm lazy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, our love of nostalgia is so strong right now in this country. It seems like a, a big part of pop culture today is about the pop culture of yesterday, especially stuff from the 80s and 90s. Even stuff people hated in the 80s and 90s. There seems to be such a wave of nostalgia for even those things. And here is Exhibit A. Coca-Cola is bringing back new Coke. I remember it coming out, but I don't remember what it tasted like. Or... It was it was sweeter. Everybody hated it. it. It tasted more like, I feel like it tasted more like Pepsi, which is, I think, what they were going for. Mm-hmm. But if you're not familiar, if you don't remember, if you're not old enough to know, Coke... What they did is they redid their formula in 1985. They called it New Coke, and it was a, it was a gigantic flop. And they ended up going back to the old formula within a few months. Although, they figured, you know, I mean, it was selling. Why don't we just keep the brand? Like, we'll go back to the original Coke, and we'll rename New Coke as Coke 2. Mm. Which... You know, hung around for a while and then eventually went away. Anyway, Coke is bringing it back. They're bringing back new Coke as part of a marketing stunt for the next season of Stranger Things, which comes out in July, and it's set in 1985. The third season of Stranger Things takes place 
1985. That's the same year that New Coke made its debut. They say they had to dig deep into their vault to find the design and the recipe. They put it in the trailer. I was I put the trailer up on our Q and A two Facebook page yesterday. There have been three Stranger Things trailers released, yeah. and this was like a new one, and it features this really hot lifeguard named Billy, and one of the women on the side of the pool is drinking like the new Coke out of the new Coke mm. can. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, even the, even the Coca-Cola company, they, they more or less admitted that they can't believe they're actually bringing back new Coke, but... It's for the show, man. Well, and they couldn't fight the, the modern need for viral hits, is what it comes down to. Yeah, well, and, and who knows? Taste buds today, people may love it. True. And I think, too, like in a world where we are now drinking healthier things, that the <laughs> sales of colas and pops are probably not what they used to be, and this might true. give a little spike in the month of June. Ignorance like, is bliss. Just like cookies. We're not buying Oreos like we used to, so let's make wacky flavors every month so we go buy them. Yeah. Uh, spokesperson for Coke said, uh, a while ago we wouldn't have dreamed of doing this, but you know, the company is changing <laughs> and we're trying to innovate in ways that are beyond traditional new products. And so we're kind of looking at this as a cultural innovation to try to break the internet. That'd be kind of cool to try. Here is a new Coke commercial from 1985 (laughs) starring, let's see if you recognize the voice. The incredible has happened. The impossible has become a reality. Coke actually tastes better than ever before. Yes, Coke has a new taste. And I'm standing here with this ice-cold, thirst-quenching, deliciously satisfying Coca-Cola, and it actually tastes better. Now, you know me. I always loved Coke for years and years. I like this Coke better. The new taste of Coca-Cola, better than ever before. Coke is it. There you go, Bill Cosby. Wow. In a new Coke commercial from 1985. Are they going to bring back the clothing? Remember the Coca-Cola clothing that everyone used to wear, too? Mm-hmm. In the 80s? The cans will be on sale online starting tomorrow or in special Stranger Things vending machines through the summer. Oh, that's cool. I do still watch that show. I like it. I think we need to do a taste test between the two. See if you can tell the difference between old Coke and new Coke. You want to take the Pepsi challenge? No. (laughs) We're going to do the Coke (laughs) challenge. A guy in India posted a picture of his neighbor's car on Facebook on Monday. Keep in mind, it was over 110 degrees outside. So to keep cool, she covered her entire car in cow poop. Uh oh. <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> it's not clear. Okay. I don't know if that works. If it if it works, if it does keep a car cool or even what that would smell like in the heat. However, I will tell you that in rural parts of India where cows are a big deal, Evidently, people will sometimes put poop on their floors and walls because they think it'll help them stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if that's something we want to try here, but... <laughs> it's a thought. You know, with the Let's air conditioning unpredictable. I mean, can, we were I supposed to have this collecting. fixed yesterday. It's delay after delay. I don't know. <laughs> you <laughs> no. may have to resort to drastic measures. Mm-hmm. And then there's a small village of about 650 people just south of Paris called Montereau. And the mayor, Jean de Bouzy, de Bouzy, Jean de Bouzy, Jean de, Jean de Bouzy, 
says uh, they, they, they need a serious baby boom if they're going to keep their schools. Fewer people are having kids, and those who are having less of them and later. So this guy, this mayor, came up with a new plan. He's offering a deal to any young couple. Move to Montereau, and you will get free Viagra. Well, all right. That's a deal, eh? Way to go. He kicked off the offer almost a week ago, and so far he's gotten zero takers. Oh. Hmm. But he's still optimistic. Maybe he could offer like a tax break or something for families. Maybe he just needs a better slogan. Some kind of, I don't know, catchy slogan. I'll let you come up with something for it since you speak the language. <laughs> You're creative like that. You can come up with something. <laughs> 748, Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. How many years of French did you take? From fourth grade through college. <laughs> however many that is. Wow. That's a <laughs> lot. It's a lot of French. And, and, you know, would you say, is it an overstatement to say that you're fluent? I would say I could definitely carry on a conversation, but because I don't speak it every day, a lot of like the written has left me, but I could still read and see what's going on and comprehend like, if we were having a conversation, I'd have to be like, speak slower. Right. But I could follow. Part of me would love to t- take up a foreign language, you know. I'd love to get back into it. Just take a couple of classes. French. Like, refreshers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's just the verb tenses and, you know, trying to figure out when to use this versus this that I don't always remember. Right. But speaking it, for sure. <laughs> it, it would be fun to have... Than a friend who also was fluent, so you could talk about people right in front of them and then yes. not know what you're saying. That's what I kept telling myself about my daughter Penelope. I was like, I'm going to teach her how to speak French so, so we, we can have, have private language. conversations against dad and he won't know, you know? So, my latest person of interest podcast is with Christine, who is the owner of Christine's Casual Dining on Harrison Avenue in Dent. Yep. And if you're a West Sider, most West Siders are very familiar. And for those who work on the West Side or spend any time on the West Side, very popular restaurant. And this is a woman who grew up in the Philippines, poor, and came to this country after getting married. And the only real English, she, she didn't speak much English. She had taken English, kind of like we take Spanish in high school, you know. Yeah. Take a few years. And if you're like me, you know, you're half paying attention and just enough to pass the test, but Nothing retained. It's not like you could carry on a conversation. That's kind of how it was for her in English. She had taken a couple of years in high school, but really outside of like a few basic words and phrases, didn't really speak any English. And she's not taking any formal classes. She's just kind of learned as she goes. And, um, you know, it's not perfect. It's not flawless. But I just, my hat's off to anyone who can move to a foreign country and not speak the language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. CBS Sunday Morning, I think it was last Sunday, they did their show from Florence, Italy. And their top story, I guess the big thing is, uh, a lot of Americans are moving to Europe for whatever reason. And these folks uh, are moving to Italy specifically because they've always kind of dreamed of, you know, living in a romantic foreign country. And Florence and the Tuscan region of Italy is just beautiful anyway. But what they said, what we found out is that evidently, Italy, if you have blood, citizenship is based on blood. If you have Italian blood in you and you can prove that, that's a way to sort of fast track your way into the country and become an Italian citizen or 
or achieve dual citizenship. Wow. So your ancestry DNA report would work. Yeah, I guess. Probably. I would think so. You know, because it's not an easy thing to do. Like, you know, a lot of countries, very much like the United States, you, know, you got to come in with some kind of skill or there's got to be maybe a family connection in order to get in and it's not easy. Or you have to be offered like a work visa. You know, a company's got to be willing to hire you. And in Italy, evidently, according to this story, if you've got if there's some kind of lineage, if you've got some blood, you're in. Yeah, you got to jump through some hoops and, you know, you got to track it down and they got to know, you know, your family name and all this stuff. And there has to be some documentation. But evidently, you know, like there are places in Italy that, you know, will help you the next time you're if you happen to be in Italy and your vacation, there are places you can go that will help you track down your ancestors. And they seem like they're very welcoming to people moving into the country. I, they, I don't know if they're looking for the investment or the bodies or the job skills, the education, but. I don't know. It was pretty cool. But then again, I thought about it and I'm like, well, I don't even speak Italian. So how is that going to work? You can learn. You can learn while you're there. He tried. He'd fall asleep listening to the tapes. (laughs) I know. I'd have to come up with some unconventional way of learning. Like I can't learn the traditional way in a classroom. Well, you had Rosetta Stone, didn't you? Weren't you trying with that? I had Rosetta Stone and it did help me with basic phrases, but it was all based on memorization. Yeah, but what about complete immersion? That's the thing. I think you, living there. Yes. That's what Christine it. said. Like, I go to an yes. all-inclusive resort in Mexico, and I didn't take any Spanish ever in my life. And I'm there for six days, and by the end of it... You learn new words. You knew a little bit. I'm talk. I mean, you I'm know not how having to say, full yes. conversations, but I know what the things are, and I can communicate with people that are yeah. there. That's crazy. There, and yeah. there's something to be said about that, because I remember when I was in school in our French classes, when you got in like the upper level ones, they would not allow you to speak any English within the classroom once you started speaking it. And they were our teachers were pretty hardcore about that. But it it makes you learn how to say words like light switch carpet. Things like that that you would never, you know, be able to remember just from Rosetta Stone, probably. Yep, and yeah. that's when I quit. Because you're immersed into the culture <laughs> and the language, you, you're you forced to remember. That's a good point, and that's kind of what Christine said. She said just, you know, being around, it, you, you kind of pick it up. Yeah. Even, you know, even, you know the pop cultural well, and that's the, Yeah, and that's the thing, learning it when you're, you know, listening to Rosetta Stone or whatever, when you're finished with that lesson, you can totally... Forget everything. By the way, can I tell you guys, a buddy of mine travels all over the world. Like, he's in a different country every week, it seems like. He's in uh, San Paulo, Brazil right now. He's going to be in Shanghai, China, India, and Dubai just within the next month. And he is, and he, all he speaks is English. He, he could give you like a couple of phrases. This guy lived in Singapore. I said, do you speak the language? No, nope, not really. <laughs> he just makes it work, you know? Yes. Basic words and phrases. That's about it. This well, guy is sending me food pictures, by the way, from Brazil that are unreal. Does like, he, I mean, what does he do to get around? Does he just use English or does he have translator apps and all that noise? Yeah, translator apps and things like that. And it helps, you know, when you're meeting someone on the ground. It works for GE, so yeah, I mean, there's plenty of English speaking people. But still, you know, getting around these different countries. And navigating that is just, I would think that'd be a challenge, but he seems to handle it well. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.